is decoding the crime verse. No, 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 it's your emergency. Welcome to Decoding the Crime vs. Right here on Active Him. I'm Nalzi Lee. And I am Danny. And today, one of our favorite things is back. Because, yeah, why not? <laughs> because of me. You know, listen, I could speak about these people all day, every day. It's an obsession at this point. Yep. But it's one I'm willing to live with. <laughs> and I really, I'm not even complaining. And I'll admit to it as well. Yeah. And for decades, the mafia have ruled the streets of New York City. Dun, and dun, today dun. we are going to take a look at the ins and outs of, her, of the mafia as well as the top 10 bosses of all time. Guys. I actually realized I didn't understand how the mafia works until I did the <laughs> research. <laughs> I was like, there, I was like, reading, I was like, what? This is a thing. Okay, well, now I now know. And I feel so much smarter for it. So we're going to go into the ins and outs. We've got the rules. We've got like the, the ceremony, the hierarchy. We've got everything. So the rules of the family are basically, you get the rules of the family, the rules of caution, and then particular rules. We're not going to go through all of them because yeah. I feel like then this show is going to be two hours long. Yes. <laughs> but I'm going to give you a couple of examples. So the first one is you're not allowed to put a hand on another member of that gang. Yeah. So like a main member of the mafia. You're not allowed to get with another member's wife or girl. Which I mean makes sense. Although I kind of feel like some shady things are probably happening because I mean this is the mafia. The rules are like not there. Yeah, (laughs) not really. Three is that you needed to be fully blooded Italian, Mm. which is very sad for me because I would not be able to do this. (laughs) Four, you shouldn't get involved in lawsuits. Okay, that makes sense. It obviously draws attention. Five, you shouldn't get involved in stocks and bonds. Which I actually kind of understand, especially with how the stock market fell in the 20s. That was probably a smart decision because then they didn't lose their money. Yeah, they didn't. Mm. But also then you can't take their money and invest it. and then Exactly. Yeah. It's, I think I've always thought stocks and stuff is such a risky business. So yeah. they probably were just like, rather let's not risk our empire. Because yeah. they could have lost everything. Six, you could not kill women or children or another main member's family. So... I think that's kind of decent. I don't think they do. They like stick with it though. No, I mean... Like the women and children. Yeah, I I feel like there are exceptions to every rule here. I mean, because number seven was like, you weren't allowed to use explosive devices because it caused too much attention. Yeah. But I know one mobster was killed when an explosive was put under his car. Yeah. So I do feel like there were the rules. But again, this reminds me of... Um, a line in Pirates of the Caribbean where it's like um, the code is not really a code it's more of guidelines <laughs> it's, it's not really rules it's kind of just be like they're there but not everyone yeah. really follows them and that's kind of just to name a few of them I thought the explosive one was quite interesting I didn't realize it was a rule not to use explosives yep. but it makes sense because it can cause a lot of damage and a lot of attention. I think for them it's attention. I don't think they care about damage. Because no, yeah, they like don't draw any attention to us in any way possible. No. Well, that's why it's like literally the underground. underground the, yeah. the mafia is the underground. They probably kill you if you do something stupid. 
Oh, 100%. Yeah. Are you, no, fam. These people, you do something, they're like, bang, dead, <laughs> done, go away. So the next part we're going to talk about is the five families of New York. And we have spoken about them yeah. before. And again, I kind of understood it, but now I kind of get it in more detail. So they were created. Basically, before they were created, we had the families. And each family had its head. And the head was kind of known as the father yeah. which is why you often find the heads of the mafia called godfathers yeah and i mean there's that movie the godfather, the godfather which yeah. is about the mafia yeah and basically what happened was we had the now please these are italian we know on the show that my pronunciation is down the toilet <laughs> <laughs> and i can't help you today so you better get it right so there's the genovese family which in the street were known as the West Side. Then we had the Gambino family. We had the Leches family. We had the Colombo family and the Bonanno family. I think <laughs> that one was said very wrong, but I apologize. So the five families were obviously all in New York, and they actually controlled the entire state, uh, the yeah, entire state, not just the city. Yeah. So I mean, they had immense power to be controlling an entire state. Yeah. I mean that's. A big deal. And they also had then the creation of the commission, which was the idea of Maya Lansky, which kind of created like a board of directors yeah. for the family. And it had five people, which were the head of each of those five families, and they would make the decisions, which which basically determined everything that went on between the mob. And obviously then in New York, the territories were divided up to represent each part of the families or each family. Yeah. Again, we have done a show on Lucky Luciano, which we go into quite a lot of detail about the commission because yeah. he was there when yeah. they founded it. We then get the hierarchy. So this I actually didn't know. I didn't know how the structure of the, the mafia worked. Yeah. So obviously, like everything, we have a structure and it was set up kind of like the military. So from the bottom, you have the people who are the associates. Basically, these are ordinary civilians who are just associated with the mafia. Yeah. So you're not actually a main Maybe. member. So you're not like someone who's now done the whole ceremony yeah. type of thing, but you're still like associated with them. You're yeah. called an associate. And then we have anyone above them or like the main members of the family. So they're actually indoctrinated into the family. They're called friends. Guys, this is my friend. Right <laughs> <laughs> then we have the captains. We then had the administration. And then at the top of the administration, we have the boss, the underboss, and the conceal. Concierge. That one. Conciliar. <laughs> I don't know how to say that, but it is okay. So. Imagine being a boss or underboss. Guys. Yeah. My life would be so happy. I wouldn't like to be called an underboss, though. Couldn't they come but up apparently, with a But apparently, the underboss had just as much, like, responsibility as the boss. But obviously, he answers to the boss. Yeah. Couldn't they call him something other than the underboss? Anyway. Yeah, like, what's it? You know, you get the president, the vice president, like, vice, vice boss. boss. Sounds better than underboss. Or deputy, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I get it. Underboss kind of is like, oh, yeah. yeah. So how do you actually get inducted? So before anyone can be inducted into the family, you actually have to be obviously become an associate. And to become an associate, you actually need to be associated with someone who's already an inducted member. 
hectic. So it's kind of like, you know, when you want to join a country club. Yeah. I know, like, my dad has been trying... He um, recently got into the Joburg Country Club. He had to have two people give that were already members give him reference for him to join. So it's kind of like that. So you've got to... You're on, it's about connections, so country people. clubs are like the mafia. You should always know in life, it's not about what you know. It's about, it's about who, who you know. know. <laughs> <laughs> this is the prime example. To get into the mafia, you have to know people in the mafia. Oh, I but if you start asking around about, like... Do you know anyone in the mob? Like you get killed. But I also so, feel like I feel like there probably were the exceptions. Like if if you got noticed by who, you'd have to. But like, let's say you like been proximity. Yeah, but let's people. say you are like some. Re, let's say twenty first century nowadays. Um, you are like this brilliant tech coda person, yeah. person, and the mafia takes an interest. I feel like they might They'd offer you. you. Yeah. You get what okay, I said? So I feel it. like, again, like we said with the rules, there were probably ex- exceptions yeah. to all of this. So it's either you stand out or you start risking your life searching around yeah. for someone who is a member. Hectic. There were obviously then also several factors. So you had to do what you were told. Yeah. Okay? You had to know how to keep your mouth shut. And you actually had to get proposed like be like you may join the mafia yeah there was a a proposition put in front of you yeah and the person conducting the ceremony would be obviously a member of the members of the administration and obviously the captain that you're probably then going to be underneath yeah and then there'd be like a pistol and a knife placed on the table during the ceremony and it was very symbolic. Now, this I found so interesting. Yeah. Your trigger finger, they would prick the trigger finger and then you would drop blood onto a picture of a saint. Because obviously the Italians are very Catholic. Yeah, they are. Which I thought was so, like, I thought that was really cool. I don't think, they think, I don't think they thought it through. Like, how does it work? And then what happens after, like, protect, like, what happens? Like, I don't know. I think it's very much symbolic. I don't think it actually, it's not anything it's yeah. more like now you are literally blood tied to this family type yeah. of thing. and then obviously you would have to repeat certain like words you know like at a wedding where you say your vows yeah same thing but now you're committing yourself to the mafia. person who splits on them is probably dead i don't even want to lie hmm? like the person who shared all this information is probably dead he's actually not um he actually runs a podcast about all of this he's an ex-member of the luches family i think how I mean, to unless be, okay, they gave him permission. To, okay, to be fair, he's not revealing bank account details. Yeah, but he's revealing how it works. Like for me, but a, how no, it but, works okay, is so crucial a, to the whole thing. thing, right? What he's sharing is mostly history. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. The mafia nowadays doesn't run the same as like the 1920s mafia. Mm. He was sharing the stuff, like the five families. That was like a 20s thing. Yeah, and this. I mean, okay, and to be honest, how the mafia is, is structured, if you Google on Google mafia structure, it gives you that anyway. Yeah. So I feel like it's not too incriminating, Yeah. if you get what I'm saying. I'd still kill him. But I mean, if I was a mafia member, I'd be like, boss, why don't we kill him? Yeah, but that is you. Yeah. <laughs> so the responsibility, so the administration would obviously pick the captains, and they ha- obviously needed to be good leaders because they would need to lead the crew the captain was also responsible for each member of the crew as well as associates under him 
The boss is obviously the head of the family, but the, like I said earlier, the underboss holds just as much weight in the family. The boss's position is to oversee the family, and he's the one who's really in charge that of what goes on underneath him and what happens through his administration and his captains and his soldiers. In the family, all the way down to the associates, the way of life is structured. The boss is supposed to abide by the same rules that the captains, his administration, and the soldiers, and everyone else. Yeah. So, for example, the rule about not blowing people up, the boss can't now go blow people yeah. up. It's not like, you know, like sometimes like in medieval times, the kings and queens had like leeway. Yeah. The rules are the same for everyone. And obviously, there are very different scenarios where a boss could be taken out or replaced if they're like endangering the family or they yeah. made risky decisions, yeah. they can then be booted out, killed, things like that. Yeah. So, or if they, then there was obviously if they die of natural causes and stuff, and then people replace them. Replace them. Yeah. Also, do you think it's probably normally the underboss that moves up? Possibly. I don't see I it think, being bloodline or no. anything like that. Yeah. So. With corruption, so when it first started, the five families in New York, there was a lot more corruption than there is today mm. because they obviously had like the law enforcement in their pockets and they, they, there is less political influence today. I don't believe it. This is the research I did. If we believe it or not, that is a different Yeah, story. no. It's probably hidden like way more than before but like for the fact that even okay i know it was a long time ago but for the fact that even the death of jfk was somehow said yeah, to have been were, linked yeah. to them there's probably yeah, still uh, but i mean i still believe they are putting um money Major, in people's pockets yeah. and for favors yeah is it the extent of what it was in the night because the 1920s the mafia basically ran states yeah do you get what i'm saying yeah i get you could okay. be mm. Behind the scenes. As for the origin of the mafia, so they came to be in New York sometime in the early 1900s and the organization and structure came from Italy, so how it worked. Mm. But basically, because the immigrants from Italy, when they came to the U.S., they were really treated like second-class citizens and were discriminated against. And so in order to fight the oppression, they naturally turned to committing organized crime and using criminal acts to gain profit. But obviously this then... resulted in fear and intimidation yeah so but it comes out of that i mean it wasn't just the italians there was the irish yeah. there was the jews yeah they all ended up creating some sort of mobile mafia yeah. in order to survive because yeah. they were treated so badly as foreigners so that is basically the ins and outs of the mafia and mm. i actually i understand it now yeah and i think it's pr- ah, fam, i could that's why i'm like how didn't they kill him anyway it's fine and see, the thing is, he's got multiple episodes on like a podcast. And yeah. Stuff, so he's not like keeping quiet. Yeah. And I think if I, I might be mistaken, um, I watched the video. My brain wasn't entirely on because it was early in the morning. <laughs> but I think he had a, has a book as well. Yeah. So, but now to the top 10 mobsters of all time. Yay. Because Nolene and I have the obsession. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, shame. So obviously for several years we have seen ruthless and influ- influential mafias come and go. Mm. And we have seen deadly and violent mobsters too, smart and business-like men. So now the big question lies, who are the top of all time? So we have obviously the 10. And the first we have Carlo Gambino. 
So Carlo Gambino was known as the Godfather, and he was an Italian-American mobster born on August 24, 1902 in Sicily. Gambino was known to be a fearful child until the respect from peers made him into one of the greatest bosses of all time. He entered the United States as an illegal immigrant in 1921 and soon got inducted into the mafia as an assassin at age 19 along with other mobsters like Frank Costello and Bugsy Siegel. Yay, we love Bugsy. Bugsy. We do. <laughs> <laughs> he became part of a gang named the Young Turks and slowly established established a robust network of robberies, illegal gambling and many other things. Lucky Luciano ran the gang known as the Gambino and later on oh sorry, he wrote Bugsy Siegel Lucky Luciano ran the Young Turks, but soon Gambino became head of the Mangono crime family. And in 1957, he killed Albert Anastasia with the help of Vito Genovese, and who at the time was a very popular boss. Yeah. Okay. And sometime after, he became um, the boss of the Mangono. Um, crime family and for 20 years he served the family and later died in October 15th 1976 in New York it's weird how he led it but they say he served the family I feel like it is to them a real mm. duty you get yeah. like how the queen serves her country yeah. it's like they serve the mafia yeah. so yes but to serve for 20 years as a That's head a lot. is a long time. Yeah, that means he was doing something that right. That was a long time. Especially if you can kill a very popular crime mm. boss, you're doing something yeah. right. Next is Lucky Luciano. Why is he number nine? I don't think there was any specific order. No, I there's read. an order. I don't like it. Okay. Well, as you know, Nolene and I love Lucky Luciano. Yeah, I love so him. So he was born in... Nine, 1887 in Sicily and raised in New York City. Lucky Luciano was known as the mastermind and the father of organized crime. He's also one of the titans of the 20th century. Yeah. Um, the famous Italian mobster played a vital role in the National Crime Syndicate of in the Genovese family, crime family, and later on he became the most powerful mob boss due to his fierce killing orders. In 1936, he was arrested for running an illegal prostitution racket. He also received a 36-year imprisonment, but due to his influence among others, he struck a deal. And in 1946, he was forced to leave the country to avoid imprisonment, moved to Italy, where he managed to run his drug operations. Luciano died on January the 26th, 1962, because of a heart attack in the airport. For more about Lucky Luciano, we have done a whole show on him. Yes. So you must check that out. Yeah. Number three. Who do you think it is? I don't know. Al Capone. I don't understand why he's so far down, but anyway. Yeah. Al Capone was the most popular mobster yeah. in the world of Definitely, mobsters. yeah. I feel like even if you don't know anything about the mafia, you have You know Al Capone. Of Al Capone, yeah. right. He was often known as Scarface Capone, and he was born on January 17th, 1899 in Brooklyn, New York, and joined the James Street Boys Gang during his youth, where he met Johnny Torrio, who he, he later followed Torrio and moved to Chicago, and eventually helped him run a successful bootlegging business. Al Capone became the most powerful mob boss in Chicago from 1925 to 19. 
1931. He became the co-founder of the Chicago Outfit and reigned for seven years until he was 30. Capone became famous because of his leading the St. Valentine's Day Massacre mm -hmm. in 1929, in which seven members of a rival gang were killed. In 1931, he was confined to an 11-year prison sentence where he began to show symptoms of syphilis and dementia. How sad. So sad. While in jail, he, and then he died due to cardiac arrest on January 25th, 1947, after being released from prison. We have also done a show on Al Capone, yes. so more details, especially about the St. Valentine's Day yeah. Massacre, you can check that out. Number four, Bugsy Siegel. Yay. So, Bugsy Siegel was a Jewish-American mobster born on February 28th, 1906 in Brooklyn, New York. He was kind of like a celebrity gangster yeah. and he was attracted to the American Mafia, especially the National Crime Syndicate. Siegel stepped into the bootlegging business and eventually co-founded Murder Inc. Which I think is one of the coolest things yes. ever. <laughs> Despite the fact people were getting killed. Which was it was crazy. cool though. No, I'm sorry. It's like call on Murder Inc. This person is just da, 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 finished. Da. Just the name. Yeah, Murder, Murder Incorporated. Inc. Inc. I'm sorry, I love guys. It. I was born in the wrong century. I'm just. <laughs> so basically, it was an enforcement arm of the mob. In 1939, he moved to California and started running his rackets for several mob bosses on the East Coast. Bugsy became popular amongst the Hollywood celebrities and eventually began developing casinos in Las Vegas, Nevada. So, yeah. for everybody who enjoys gambling, you can thank Bugsy Siegel for Vegas. Yeah. On June 20th, 1947, Siegel met the end of his life when he was shot dead at the home of his girlfriend, Virginia Hill. Because he was being stupid, but we've done a yep. show on him. Again... We have done, but he's in this. Uh, we did a show on him and Luciano together. Yeah. So really, go check that out. It is really interesting. Number five, John Gotti. That is probably said so wrong because it's probably some Italian, thing, <laughs> but it is fine. <laughs> he was called Dapper Don for his famous suits and media coverage, and was one of the most powerful mobsters in America during the 1980s. He was born on October 27, 1940, in the Bronx, New York. At the age of 12, he started working for Carmine Fatigo, um, and soon became a Gambino crime member by selling heroin with the crew. In 1985, Gotti organized the kill to murder his and Gambino crime boss Paul Castellano to control then the Gambino crime family. Yeah. After killing his boss, he started running criminal activities from prostitution to narcotics and made millions, though he avoided going to prison multiple times. And however, his crimes finally caught up with him as he got arrested in 1992 and served several years. And he got charged for crimes such as tax evasion, five counts of murder and racketeering. And he died in 2002 due to throat cancer. That's so sad how they die, hey? I love it when they kill the boss. Kills Paul Castellan. Imagine. Yeah, he did. But just kill the boss. And right? they still right? followed him because, thereafter. Because sometimes when you kill exactly. the boss, they don't. Because Luciano also killed the, his boss. Yeah. That's how he got to power. Yeah. Uh, guys. If only. If only. Okay. <laughs> also, though, I don't know if a female would make it very far. No, I don't think so. Uh, that's the sad part. Number six is Frank Costello. So he was at the same time of Lucky Luciano and yeah. he was very tight with Lucky Luciano. Frank 
Cheskos Castillo, better known as Frank Castillo, was also referred to the Prime Minister of the Adult. That is so freaking good. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's better than I'm being called sorry. an underboss. Like, what? He was born on January 26, 1891 in Calibra, Italy. In 1920, Frank joined up with Luciano and started running a business in New York and the South. After some time, he led the Luciano family, known as the Genovese crime family, and began to spread his political influence. He ran a lot of the organization while Luciano was in prison. So he'd just give Luciano calls and then they kind of worked together. Later in 1957, he was shot in the head but survived. How do you do this? How? I'm sorry. Only the most epic people on the planet <laughs> can survive a shot to the head. But anyway, he continued running operations, although his power kind of diminished and he died of a heart attack in February 1973. Definitely. Number seven is Tony Ocado. Again, guys, I'm not Italian. <laughs> so he was known as Big Tuna, which I think is a bit weird. I think that is a, it's yeah. a bit weird. I wouldn't want to be known as Big Tina. <laughs> and he was born on April 28, 1906 in Chicago. He became a Capone trainee and helped him grow through the ranks of Chicago syndicate. During his youth, he was also referred to as Joe Batters because how he killed people with a baseball bat. Tony also participated in the St. Valentine's Day Massacre by his own admission and many others, but was never found guilty. After Capone went to prison, the position of Tony continued to rise. In 1947, he became the head of the Chicago outfit and continued to live out his life. He started making money by running various rackets like extortion, gambling, sharking, and bookmaking. During his lifetime, he kept his lifestyle quite low-key and was out of the press and kind of off law enforcement radar by the 1980s he'd moved to florida and started living with his daughter and son-in-law he died due to a heart attack and respiratory problems at the age of 82 in 1996 and despite his horrifying crime acts and illegal rackets he only ever spent one night in jail like that's That's a lot epic you you are literally oh it's, a, it's the same. I'm searching what shocking is, but now I got it. <laughs> it makes sense. I mean, it's like Al Capone, how they couldn't even get him in prison for the Val- Saint Valentine's Day massacre. They just yeah. had to use tax evasion. But to go for one night after doing so much, yeah. that's epic. Epic. So we next have number eight, which is Paul Castellano. So Paul Castellano was known as the Godfather because he was one of the most powerful crime bosses in New York City. He was born in 1915 in Brooklyn. Do you see how all these epic bosses are in the past? Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I was like, where are the new ones? Where are the epic people now? now? Or are they hiding so much that one day in the future someone else will read about them? Ah, guys, please step up your game. But uh, guys, the 1920s were just something else. He was born in Brooklyn, New York and was known for his business skills which led him into for Carlo Gambino choosing him to be his successor. He had vast, he was a vastly skilled killer and he would earn a lot of money by doing a whole bunch of illegal things. But he had also huge earnings from his poultry company. Imagine making money from chickens. Right. <laughs> but, so you, have, you, you, you are a businessman and you have criminal things and you're doing all these bookmaking and everything and then you have your chicken farm. Yeah, <laughs> I guess you have to watch the money somewhere. <laughs> that is true. I never thought of it like yeah. that. In criminal ventures, being the 
Boss gained massive wealth, obviously, and he remained at the top of the family in New York. After becoming the head, he was hit with several charges at the federal and state level. And in 1985, John Gotti killed Castellano. And because the murder was unauthorized, several of the mafia gangs actually blamed God for weakening the Gambino crime family by allowing, obviously, someone under to kill the boss. Mm, this is why, because you believe rubbish. Now God's at fault here. Yeah. Mm. Number nine, we have Frank Lucas. So Frank Lucas was born in 1913, North Carolina. Lucas started his own drug ring, which became one of the biggest drug rings in the 20th century. He also gained the privilege to smuggle heroin and started bribing the U.S. Army to use their military aircraft. (laughs) Both Lucas and his gang members became famous for their brutal violence to commit crimes. In 1975, Lucas was arrested for drug trafficking that involved over a hundred drug convictions. Despite his heroin crimes, he was only sentenced to 70 years in prison, but was released in 1981 after only serving five. However, Lucas was set free due to his cooperation as a state witness on a drug case, and in 2019, he died at the age of 88 due to natural causes. How do you go from bribing the Air Force to snitching? Right? Like downgrade, nice uh, man. Yep. He was epic until that. Yeah. Point. Next, we have number ten and the last one for today. We have Salvatore Toto. So he was born in Sicily on November sixteenth, nineteen thirty, and one of was one of the most feared mob bosses of all time. Salvatore was born and raised in Italy and soon became the boss of the Sicilian mafia. During his career, he murdered forty people and gave multiple orders to hit hundreds of others. He even ordered the murders of many prosecutors, but unfortunately, this action led to his arrest. Salvatore was charged with the multiple murder crimes and sentenced to multiple imprisonments. While he was in prison, he went through two surgeries in the medical unit and was in a medically induced coma, and he died on the 17th of November 2017, just a day after his 87th birthday. Yeah. At least he lived a week. (laughs) You know what? Here's a question. So you know how it takes three kills to become a serial killer? Yeah. Is this guy a serial killer? Because he's killed over 40. But yeah. I feel like that's a different mindset. Do you but understand like, what I'm saying? Them- like serial killers, I mean, look at like Jack the Ripper. It's like the action of killing is that's what they want. It's yeah. that thrill. For these people, the action of Killing is for profit. Yeah, it's just a means to get someone out of the way. Yeah, so it's not like they're actually now um, like they craving the killers. kill. And some of them hire serial killers. But I mean, if you Google a list of all, all the serial killers in the world, they're they not going to be on that list because these people, like I said, the serial killers are killing for a purpose. They're yeah. killing for that craving, that like addiction. These people are killing to get what they want. Yeah. So I feel like it's not a, he's not a serial killer. I feel like he should be, but like he's not classified. <laughs> I think the list would be too long if we classified everyone who yeah. kills. Because I mean, then technically, if a bomb goes off, you kill more than yeah. three people. Then you're, you're serial killer as well. a serial killer. Yeah. That's crazy. That's actually quite crazy to think. Mm. Yeah, but I love the mafia. Uh, New York and Chicago tops here the only one thing i don't like about the mafia which is weird for me to say that i don't like something about the mafia and it's not the only one thing guys okay (sighs) 
obviously like killing is bad everything's bad like yeah, yeah, organized yeah. crime is bad we, are, we, we hear your heart we get what you say but <laughs> the one thing i hate about them is um the fact that most of them are involved in prostitution means that they're probably yeah. involved in a lot of human trafficking yeah which is crazy These people are hardcore criminals <laughs> well i mean drug smuggling yeah. bootlegging yeah. prostitution i mean they aren't really conscious here yeah they kind of if it brings in profit it brings in profit shocking which i don't know why you'd borrow money from no. someone in the mafia no. you're just crazy no no especially no. if you can't pay it back listen we don't borrow from anybody yeah it's the thing why? let alone someone in the mafia Although I feel like, especially like with the twenties, when they were people were going through the Great Depression, oh, yeah, sometimes they that's your only option. Yeah. yeah. Because again, to loan stuff, from example, from a bank, there are requirements. Yeah. Some people just can't meet those requirements, yeah. but you need the money. So where do you turn? You turn to organized crime. Hectic. Because they come after you. They're oh, not no, like I'd the rather will... starve than borrow money from the yeah. mafia. And I'm being dead serious yep. about that. Yep. I'm not about to, yeah, no thing. I don't need them knocking on my door. Sorry, you owe money and interest, pay or cut off leg. Uh-uh. You know? Uh-uh, I'm fine. Thank and they probably you. would cut off a finger every month until you've paid back. <laughs> and then start with your toes. <laughs> oh, gosh, it's bad. Okay. <laughs> but that is all for this week's show. We will see you next time. But from now until next time, no one is. No funerals. XFFM is everywhere. Go find us and click that button. Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and so much more. See all the fun posts, get involved in interesting discussions, voice your opinions, and get updates by following us on social media. Spread the word. It's that simple. Become part of the family today because radio has never been better.